All right. Uh, it's been, I think, eight weeks since we've done one of these. After I so shamelessly infected the entire cast of Third Rock with a cold. <laughs> That's my claim to fame now. I'd like to say I only had a cough. Only a small one. I wasn't bedridden like you were. No, not no. Like it hit you the worst, and then and then Emily, and then me. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely wasn't great. Then I know you got a little sick as well. Absolutely. I, yeah. Well, I mean, we're all alive, but <laughs> yeah. barely. Yeah, that's what well, I mean. It's like, yeah, it's just past eight now, so I'm not too sure how much longer we'll be alive. Uh, so we're back. So we have uh, Stan here to chat about. Um, how Third Rock wrapped up after we went on a lovely tour through the Goldfields to One Town. Which was amazing. It was. It was really good. 50% yeah. of those shows were incredible. <laughs> <laughs> the other was incredibly painful. Um, as often when something doesn't land uh, the expression or you hear crickets. Uh, but it was much worse than that as it was the echo of our own voices. Uh, so from a directorial point of view, we were happy with the American trip. 11 people there. Eleven. Eleven. Eleven people in the theatre that seats so hundreds. Even the crickets were absent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Bad, bad, no, bad. It, it was an experiment on Cummins Theatre's part. It was something that, mm-hmm. that they'd been asked for Yeah. for a matinee. Um, I suspect they are not going to repeat the experiment. Probably not. <laughs> w- would it have cost them a fair bit of money to yes, run a matinee did. like that? Yeah, it cost them what we charged them. Plus all the costs but we, we charge the them for like a round trip and then we just do whatever shows they tell us to do when we get there? Or do we charge them per for a number of shows? We charge per, per performance. We should have just done three back to back, just right there. Two is enough, thank you very much. Two. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't like the performance the previous night then? <laughs> I was so stressed and you buggers really. <laughs> I just... <laughs> That brings up a good point. We haven't had a K-Vault podcast in which we can actually tell the audience how we broke Stan. (laughs) No, we haven't. This is the first time we can talk about breaking Stan. It wasn't funny, really. It was actually bloody hilarious. I think it's just your point of view. It wasn't funny for me. In order to talk about it, we should go back to the night. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So what what we ended up doing was, um, because at at this point... Because you're a spoiled bunch of petulant brats. You no, couldn't, you couldn't take a little bit of extra pressure. The, the the word is millennial, Stan. <laughs> uh, because we'd done six shows and a huge rehearsal process leading up to it, we needed something to liven, or in this case, deaden the performance, just to <laughs> just, just to get us through the night. I mean, uh, some of us had driven uh, a, a four, or oh, not not, not four, three, three three to three and a half hour long car ride, and so, some of some of those poor folks were in a bus for crying out loud bus was actually fun. it was good it was all right okay well, hey, my, my i drove that bus it was fun i can't believe it was fun for you considering you're in your tiny bubble in the back corner the whole ride that is the perfect place to be no one get is better company there than was me. connect four in the seat in front of me but listen connect four my own personal <laughs> bubble with me does your own personal bubble have connect four doesn't need Connect Four. That's what I thought. Anyway, the rest so, of the had a wonderful time going down to Meriden. So we, what we, we ended up doing was we, we, we had to do our tech rehearsal once we'd gotten there. And after so much, um, and we were so tired, we just didn't have the um, the resilience to carry out a full-hearted performance. <laughs> so we 
deliberately dragged our feet as much as we could in the sense of delivering every single line in an absolute monotone the most monotone voice we could the entire cast until stan broke <laughs> until we broke stan did we only do beautiful. i know the plan from what i remember was to do two full run-throughs yeah we did one and a half we did we, we did we did one and then we're all like it's like eight o'clock. Can we go to bed? It was later than that. <laughs> it was yeah. It was much later. It was like ten o'clock, and we were like trying to start we're yet like, another. We are going home, and Stan's like, "You'll be fine. Get on stage." And we're like, "All right." What? Why did we need to do two? We'd done six shows leading up to it. I think it was, it was more tech. tech. Wouldn't they tech. be able to get their stuff down just from the one though? No. They came in in the morning and had to do quite a lot of work. What what did they have to do? It's because it's a different system to ours. Yeah. So when you set up your cues on the sound system, um, and Justin, the manager, come and said it was the only mm-hmm. person who could operate the system. So is, he is had it, to set everything up. He um, wasn't familiar with the play. Is that a legal thing, or is that um, no? Just he know, knew just, how to operate it. Okay. So he had to set everything up. Um, lighting and sound and yeah so he basically they basically came in on saturday morning and and got it all working yeah so i think sort of 12 o'clock he finished off right right so it was just in time for our matinee at two for all all 11 people yeah yeah for those 11 people uh but you said that they really enjoyed it they loved it every single person that that i just wish that they uh showed us they loved it by laughing at literally any of it they did (laughs) I mean, you couldn't hear it. I heard some chuckles. I heard like, chuckles from, from the, the one drunk, drunk guy at the front. front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely heard him second show. Well, for this, all right, for the second shows of marriage, it wasn't just the whole crowd. It was the whole crowd and the two that were, they were so drunk. Well, do you, oh. do you, know, do you know the, the, the people at the front table? Yeah. They were Emily's illustrious family. Yeah. yeah, I did hear that <laughs> in retrospect. But that second show, that that was a very weird experience because that almost had a, a bit of a pantomime aspect to it. Did. It was very, very weird. So so at the beginning of Act 2, when Dick comes out to deliver his monologue, they, they did a big cheer. And yes, then it, was, it, was, it was bizarre because <laughs> it's... That hadn't happened at any of the shows. So I sat there, you know, like waving my hands, like, come on. Like, and then, then, they, then they roared. And I was just like, that was like so weird <laughs> that they did that. Um, and at one point I, I shushed someone. Yes, you did. I shushed someone. I don't remember someone. that. <laughs> I don't remember the, where we were up to in the play, but they were like, they kept laughing. Just, Shh. Um, and it just had, it, they, they broke down that fourth wall a bit mm. without interrupting the play. It was very, very weird because we hadn't, rehearsed or done any of that leading up to that moment yeah um so yeah. that was very bizarre but gl- it, it, it gave it a good energy i'm glad it happened with anyone but me why because there was i can't remember specific details but there were some moments of the last show in which small things went off the rails not in a bad way but just like some lines were slightly changed and I had to keep up with everyone else. And then we were also teasing Michael and that was my entire focus. I couldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't been able to focus on anything else. Speaking of controlling your focus, 
I should also probably mention who we have on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> so today we obviously have me, Mitch, hosting the show. Today we have uh, Georgia, or as we now call her, Yogan. Uh, we have Stan, who's here to just do some commentary since he directed the play. We have uh, the director of our next play uh, from The Little Mermaid, Angela, here. And uh, for some reason, Rowan's here. <laughs> the star of the show. There was an empty seat. There was an empty yeah. seat, and he was the only one available. Oh, that's weird. It's an empty seat that was brought across the room. <laughs> uh, so anyway, back to, back to what I was saying about uh, stealing focus. Um before we went to Meriden, there's a special night here during the last show called Prank Night. With the dog's bone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and only during Third Rock did we manage to break Stan, but there was a moment where I broke you, Rowan. You broke me. I got... All right. I got broken twice. No... I got broken at least four broken times. In. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah. which one it is. So, so during prank no, night, two that's of which the were night where yes. it's we we. I'm doing some air quotes here. Harmlessly prank each other, but the the idea is is that the audience sees as little of it as possible, while you're desperately trying to minor to face. moderately interfere with the other cast members because obviously by the final show they will have done six to eight shows depending on the type of show it is and they they should have it down to they should have that act honed down to like a like fine a, art. a fine art a sharpened so blade yeah <laughs> and the idea is to break them and force them to save face and sustain character um and it can be quite a challenge because all kinds of ludicrous things can happen Rowan, would you like to share what broke you? The first, the, the first time or the yes. second time? <laughs> Starting with the first. The third or fourth time. <laughs> so, in the first act, around the end, um, the alien family is told that they are not able to stay and they have to leave. So the following morning, they are packing their bags and as we bring out... Um, as the commander, Dick, brings out a suitcase and puts it on the couch, he's you supposed to... really quickly? That's not the first time that broke you. The first time was when we're all sitting at the table and you're going... That's after. That's actually... That's after. No, it was after. He, he, Rowan, Rowan mucked up when he said it's at the end of Act 1. Yeah, yeah it was in the middle of Act 1. But, right. but do go on. At the yeah. So, about the one-third point of Act 1. Yes. Somewhere <laughs> in Act 1... <laughs> Dick brings out a suitcase. He puts it on the couch next to me. And I ask him, what are you doing, Dick? And then we have a small conversation. And then Dick opens the suitcase. And there's a torch in there. And Harry comes over and he grabs the torch. And they have a whole bit that they do. Now, when we open the suitcase, we expected to find just a torch. As, you know, they'd been further past five shows. Yes. And we have, we have heard rumours of a prank night. But in four years of me doing this, I've never been there when there was one. So I thought it was just baseless rumours. So we open Boy. up, we open this suitcase. And there is, of course, the same torch as usual. And a purple suction cup dildo. <laughs> Bright purple, just sitting there. Can I, can I also mention, at this point, 
point. Um, I'm the audience stage. couldn't see it. I'm, yeah, yeah. audience yes. couldn't see it. I'm off stage and I have a cue to come on after that whole torch scene has has finished. So Angela has come up to me and has distracted me. She's gone, just watch. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I waiting for? What's happening? Just start pranking them. And I completely missed my cue. <laughs> so, um, they pull it out of the bag. <laughs> to, to my absolute horror. horror. Right. Visions of, of lawsuits, enraged parents. Oh my just god. Just before this, the world just dissolved. We just to back just to back up a bit. We open up the suitcase and see there's a dildo. Now, we and had said, three people there. Like... We had three yes, people. We I had myself as Tommy. We had myself as Tommy. We had Mitch as Dick. And we had Jonty as Harry. Now, we opened this suitcase and there's the purple dildo. Did you know it was there? No. No. No, okay. um, no, no. We I, were the prank. We, we were we, getting pranked. The people who knew that it was going to be in there yeah. was myself. You, because I told you yeah. earlier that day, and Caitlin, who bought it. <laughs> or, said, or said she bought it. I mean, she was very adamant was a... that it was, A, she keep it afterwards, and yeah. that we don't touch it, and B, it is brand new and not used. Because she went into the shop earlier that day or the day before and actually bought a brand new one. Imagine that scenario, though. It's like, just the one? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not for me. It's for a prank. Well, actually, <laughs> Sure it is, honey. She, no, 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 seriously. It's for a prank. It's, when she walked into the say. shop, the lady actually said, oh, Caitlin, it's nice to see you back again. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, oh, Caitlin God. walks in and goes, oh, I'm just going to show this in front of 40 people that I might know. <laughs> Anywho, so that was the first one. So we then have to... Hold we on. Then have an We're not done yet. <laughs> So that was the first one. We then have to have this outrageous conversation about this bright purple dog bone. And so Georgia finally makes it out and then we put it away and we just pretend like nothing's happening. Meanwhile, I, I'm pretty sure four people in the audience wet themselves. Um, so I, I, I tell us wet about the, the table conversation. <laughs> so at the start of Act 2... I got this right this time. No, I didn't. No, no way off. No. It's still a next one. It, all right. It was how many weeks ago? Three. Yeah, that's too long. <laughs> so, anyway, at one point in Act 1, there is a transmission that Harry's sending off, and Dick would like to know what Tommy has put in the transmission. And I always turn to a specific point in my little notebook, um, because on that note, on that page, I've got little X's which I write down. Basic stuff. I turn to this and I see a picture of Ricardo. <laughs> a picture of Ricardo. If you don't know, that is a meme that was passed around a lot of a male stripper <laughs> with a very small thong just dancing to a specific song and it was passed around and I was not expecting a picture of that in my book. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> At the exact page, because I had, I had my book open and it was to a different page and I was writing down stuff and it was fine. Um, but I don't know who it is. It's definitely not Mitch. <laughs> And I didn't try to spend the rest of the uh, the, the rest of that night trying and failing to get him back. <laughs>
because I didn't even notice you tried something. something. Immediately after this point, you disappeared for the second the second act. You weren't there for half of it. When you were, you're in a box that I can't yeah. do anything. Dude, have you read the script? <laughs> yes. I did, because I grabbed it. I grabbed it out of my bag and read it to make sure I can find... All right. I had, an, I had a second page that I opened up in my notebook. It's new, and it said, How to get back at Mitch. <laughs> and I listed points that you would be there. But I turned, and I did not keep it together. I tried. You could not. I no. tried, it, but it every a... time I looked down, it's Ricardo, and I just had to... Every time I close my eyes, Ricardo, I see him everywhere. It was... I hate you. It was beautiful is what it was. Because oh, um, yeah. I, I almost broke at that moment, too, because the whole time I was just like, turn to the page, turn to the page, turn to the page, turn to the page. And... And so as you do it, you, you get about two words into your line and then you just go like, and then so... <laughs> and you just made this noise. And then I see you, you don't smile, but you made a face and you head tilted like you were having some sort of like twitch. And then the head stayed there and you slowly went back upright and you, you don't look at me. You don't say a word. You pause. If I looked up, I would have died of laughter. You, you pause for about four seconds, and then with a slightly higher voice, you continued your line just to get through the script. I hate you. <laughs> and so what were the other times you almost broke? Because I think you were at the the big receiving end of prank night. You were I was the I was the I was the pranker. My the next prank was me. Were you? I went to Angela and Caitlin and went, hey, can I borrow the purple dog bone for a bit? I want to prank either Mitch or Reese. I'm going to put it in the fridge and just stick it to the ceiling so that when Reese walks in, he smacks his head into it. So I'll tell you what happened with that because I was standing right next to him. So I just like to preface this. He goes to open the fridge, he sees it, he closes it, and like he turns to me, and I see like a little half smile, and I'm like, oh no, it's gonna make me laugh. I did. I, I forgot that there was a scene in which he opens the fridge and he just he, he grabs he looks for strawberries. So I hastily moved it from the top to the side so that he'd look directly at it. And I just like to just before Georgia completes this story, just like to point out the fact that I was trying to follow along with stage life stage left guidelines. I was not going to have, have it shown ones. to the audience. You already it did. Was, it was we already yeah. waved. No, 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 no. But that was like five seconds, and that was it. And I was like, "All right, we've used the joke. That's fine. Like, it's it's had its bit. Now we can screw with our actors." I was planning to have it just left in there, and he just sees it, freaks out, and closes the door. Instead, if you'd like to finish, Georgia. Yeah. So he goes on with his scene um, until he's. Starts talking about his plan, at which point he goes up to the fridge, grabs it out, starts <laughs> waving it around. And pointing it at people like a pointer. <laughs> that was fantastic. Because the worst bit is that he was doing his little monologue before he grabbed the he grabbed it again and waved it around. Before he went back to the fridge, he looked at me and went and he smirked, and then he turned around and grabbed it, and I went, oh, God. <laughs> and I couldn't yeah. keep it together either, because he was waving around a purple dog bone well, in the middle of stage. The youngest member of the audience, who I think was 10. <laughs> no, 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 
Well, this is where the dog bone jokes come from. Because we're, she turned we're, to her mum and said, Is that mom, a dog bone? Why have they got a big rubber dog bone on stage? Yes, yes. Oh, she did. We, we fortunately haven't been sued by the mother yet. <laughs> that, yes. is, that is not yes. as... She found it funny. I think the worst bit is, w- is, is later on. Apparently she also pointed to it and was like, that's the weapon! <laughs> yeah, no, I was planning... Why is it? My next plan was to put it inside, because the TV is hollowed out, right? And so if you put it inside the TV, it, the, the audience can't see it. Because, yeah, and so I went to go grab, grab the dog bone and it was stuck to, I thought it was in the fridge. I open it and it's not there. And I go to Angela, I'm like, where's the dog bone? And Angela's like, I don't know. Yeah. We lost it. No idea where it had gone. And then I go around to watch the scene because I'm, I'm just like, I, I forget about it. Reese had it on stage. He used it for one of his bits. <laughs> I have never got so mad that someone else has stolen my purple dog bone in my life. It was actual anger. But basically, uh, a little bit later in the play, um, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was me or Reese or someone like that. But someone made a joke about we need a weapon or something like that, and I. Grab it out of the out of the drawer and hold. We can use this. This is a weapon. <laughs> and then there's like laughter and then silence for like a second, in which we hear this little ten year old kid go, "Yeah, that is a weapon." <laughs> now, just skipping ahead, just because I we need to move on to the next point of discussion because we've spent far too long talking <clears> about <throat> this already. <laughs> so there's a scene right towards the end where we get, because Reese uh, and, and Greg as well, uh, they were playing Dick's evil counterpart. Uh, so there's a point where we dive behind a couch, we have a silly little fight, uh, and then when I say, when I pull him up, you whack him with the frying pan to knock him unconscious. <laughs> and um, But then obviously in, in, in the script, the evil Dick then pulls me up, and then I'm the one that gets knocked unconscious, and that's how he, he continues to try and formulate his plan. Uh, but what ended up happening was instead of grabbing the frying pan, Rowan grabs the dog bone. <laughs> and then, of course, he whacks me across across the back of the head with it, and I pretend to go unconscious. Nearly go unconscious. I, that thing is solid. Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't expect the dog bone to hurt that much. It, it hurts so much more than a frying pan. <laughs> well, I also hit you over the head. It wasn't the shoulders. Well, I've been hit on the head with the frying pan. I didn't hit you. Because Stan, our, our lovely director here, who, who cares greatly about our cast, and this is why I assume he insists that everyone is a member to have insurance, insurance. when they come yeah. here. He goes, but before we put the rubber padding on the frying pan, he goes, it's not even bad, conk. And he just whacks me with it. And I was like, yeah, it is bad. It's really bad. It's, it's bad enough that it's like in games. That is a, that is a weapon that, that they have programmed in because it would work. We play different games. I just find it really sad that a purple dog bone spent more time on stage than the entire freaking cast. <laughs> I just, I like it how, how you describe it afterwards. You described me hitting you over the head with a purple dog bone as, yeah, well, I didn't expect to have a purple lightsaber swung at me. <laughs> it did hurt. <laughs> so moving on from this discussion. So we are also joined by... As I said before, Angela tonight, who she and I are now directing our very child-friendly yearly pantomime. <laughs> very child-friendly. Pardon? I, 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 I changed it to moderately. <laughs> very child-friendly. It child. is very child-friendly. 
friendly to older children of about <laughs> 18 to 20 years of age. I, I have a question. Yeah, I, I could see you sat there with your hand up. It doesn't really relate uh, to what we're talking about. but it relates- Like most of the questions I field in my day-to-day. <laughs> the recording. So this earpod thing is actually sliding out of my ear and it hurts. <laughs> Put a finger and press it back in. I've been doing that constantly. Do you want to buddy up with Daddy-O next to you? That's not a bad joke. He is her father. Which is funnily enough on topic for for why I'm getting such reaction from calling this pantomime child friendly. So totally child friendly. So Angela, you've been So I'd like I just yes. just so that that was Sorry. Stan whacking his face on the microphone. It's a Wilson thing. Yeah, I was going to say because yeah. George has done this a few times already now as well. So that just it's the circle of life. Um, Something like that. That's how we get taken off the air. That was our copyright infringement because yeah. oh. I made the intro. But oops. Moving on. So yes. you saw our first rehearsal, Angela, um, on Tuesday night because you you were away for our first week. Um, what were your opening thoughts of seeing our lovely bunch of crazies running around pretending to be under the sea? I think they're actually all really talented, particularly Bella. Oh, my goodness. She played about four or five different characters and was talking to herself for a whole scene. It was awesome. It's more impressive that she didn't hit me with a broom. That's what I was most afraid about. <laughs> she did, however, swat Emily with her script. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Right so, in the so face. We've, we've got... We've got what is potentially stage left's biggest cast. Uh, at one point we had 44 people scripted in. Uh, that has thankfully reduced down. But we, when you have so many cast members, it's natural that you, you don't have a 100% attendance at each rehearsal. Um, although uh, Tuesdays was particularly bad through people feeling unwell and it coming up to the school holidays. It's, it's also natural that more people are away. Uh, so we ended up having 21 people absent, which... Um, you know, wasn't terribly unexpected, but it does make running a rehearsal quite difficult. So that's why we had Bella offering to read in for several different people so that rehearsal could still run smoothly. When I was handing out these roles, what I didn't realise is that I'd given Bella several roles that all speak to each other in the same <laughs> scene. So we have Be- poor Bella um, saying a role very confidently, taking a step to the left and facing where she was just standing, proudly saying her lines, stepping back and replying... And so on and so forth. She went in this three-way game of ping pong that everyone just watched. And yeah. it, was, it was it was incredible. Especially because it's like two pages worth of dialogue. Yeah. yeah. It's not like one tiny little... No, no. It was two pages of back and forth. It was quite a lot. Um, but aside from Bella <laughs> strutting her stuff and showing us what she could do, what else did you enjoy about uh, seeing the first rehearsal? What else impressed you? Um, just the entire cast that we actually managed to get there. mm and how talented they are, and just how enthusiastic they are. We had so many cast not turn up, and then we had so many volunteers all putting their hand up, saying, yeah, I'll read in for this one, I'll read yeah. in for this one. They're very enthusiastic, which, which is a great sign. Which is really, really good, because sometimes when you ask for volunteers, they all sit back on their hands and don't want to volunteer anything. Yeah. So it's really good that we've got 
half a dozen people volunteering for one role. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's also good that just just to point out, it's really good that we have a lot of kids in this as well. Yeah. yeah. Because not only do they get a chance to strut their acting stuff, and some of the kids are fantastic. Oh, I, I was mind blown. One of the, which the kids that came through. at like what the second or third rehearsal said, "No, I don't need a script. I got it memorized already." Yeah, I, I'm I'm a nine year old that scripts down by week two. <laughs> by, by week one, it was Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That we were still in week one. Third rehearsal. So, Third. Angela, you, you wouldn't have seen this yet because of the way we structured it. But, no, I haven't But seen one of our day. lovely little uh, friends playing the narrator already has her opening dialogue down as of Not. week one. <laughs> she so, was so sassy. <laughs> she, she wasn't yeah. like, oh, no, I don't she need my like, script. She's like, I don't need it. And I was, I was just like, like alrighty. <laughs> are you kidding? And she was like, no, no, I'm actually being serious. I'm, 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 I'm good. Um, and she went up and she did it. Awesome. And yeah, so, but I mean, that that was al- almost the problem that we were having trying to cast this play because we're so yeah. bursting to the brim with talent and uh, like abilities that it was incredibly difficult to cast. We, we were mm-hmm. here for about two hours, even though we'd already had, uh, d- during the auditions, we'd be, we'd be having discussions like, all right, that, that audition went really well. This person would slot mm-hmm. into this role quite nicely. And we slowly started filling up the roles throughout the audition process. Yeah. But then by the end of it, we were so mind blown with the people that even came through at the last minute. Yeah, that, that was the problem. We were still here for hours and hours after auditions yeah. trying to fit everyone in. It was really hard to actually cast everyone because mm. everyone's so talented, yet the roles were all so small. Mm. And giving everyone a fair chance to actually strut their stuff and show everyone what they can actually do, it was just impossible to actually accommodate everybody. I had a similar thing with, with Jungle King. Which is why I ended up doing understudies, and I even create. I even created a, a scene just for little. Um, what's the name who played the warthog? Um, oh, I know who you're talking. About. Tanisha, yeah. Unbelievably talented child. Mm. And I, I wrote that scene in just for her. Yeah. Her, her audition was spectacular. I mean, it was really. Really I'm still cool. kind of scarred from that audition that you and Shana made me do. You made me like seductively sing the ABCs while I strutted across the stage. That was something else. I want to <laughs> say he doesn't talk about my auditions like this. It's just, yeah, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got terrified at my audition for this play. So so speaking of, hey, uh, not, not, that uh, mean? Not, you not asked only... me to do a falsetto. Yes, that was fun. I've never been the dame before. It doesn't matter. I asked you to do a well, falsetto. We'll, we'll, get to that, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so not only are the people sitting with us today, uh, were they part of Third Rock, uh, they are also a part of uh, our Little Mermaid production. Uh, Rowan, who who are you playing in this year's pantomime, The Little Mermaid? I am playing, of course, the French Bastion, Mariel's close friend. We change things for copyright reasons. <laughs> uh, I am not course, as Jamaican as I sound. <laughs> He's super white. Uh, I, it's okay. I thought you were French. You French. <laughs> French. Yeah. I said not as Jamaican. Yes. Uh, so we, of course, have Angela uh, directing with me. Uh, and Stan, who are you playing in, in the pantomime? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's clearing his throat. I play Dame Dusty. <sighs> Scarred for life. I told you you'd need to cancel yes. this. Flashbacks <laughs> from when Greg came on here and was just... The day oh, he, the he, did, he did. A, he did. He did. He did. Number ten. Yeah. For a whole episode. 
<laughs> oh, that was oh, cool. While, while yeah. I was trying to rewrite the, the script for Little Mermaid and every time there was the Dame's line, I just heard Greg's <laughs> bloody Dame voice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was... It, haunted me clearly uh so stan is this a, a bit of a, a weird twist doing some acting for a change instead of directing because yeah, this is the been, first time you've done it in a while yeah yeah three years that's so 12 plays have come and gone yeah yeah well 11 because covid19 kind of shot one of them in the foot yeah. yeah but still quite quite a number in three years of time before you've actually managed to get back on the stage yeah and that of course brings us to yogan at the end of the table who are you playing in this year's pantomime. <clears throat> <clears throat> what are you doing? <laughs> oh, um, I actually had a bit of phlegm there. Yeah. Um, I am playing Prince Derek. I'm playing a guy again this year. My second second year in a row. It's called lead boy. In a pantomime. Well, I, I don't know if it's the second leaders. year in a row. Is it the third year in a row? Weren't you the boy in Frozen as well? Oh my god, it's the third year in a row. I keep getting cast as a guy. Help we're, me. We're not tight casting or anything. Not at all. No. <laughs> you are the perfect role. Screw you. But we love you. Yogan. One of the reasons is because the lead the lead boy in a pantomime, um, which is always your lead love interest, um, has to be tall and leggy. And you, and you have both of them. <laughs> you do. It's shocking. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, from from my point of view, uh, thanks for asking everyone. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I, I'm very very impressed with everyone thus far. Um, In the case you hadn't guessed, Mitch is also directing. I'm, I'm also dressing. Yeah, directing. <laughs> I am dressed. I'm very dressed right now. I'm glad to know that. <sighs> um, but it's they've they've just blown me away with it already, and it's been really good seeing um, everyone like following the directions really well. Um, and being my first time directing, I wasn't too sure how people would take to my style of it because um, I'm assuming everyone brings their own flair to it, um, and things are going quite quite smoothly so far, which I've been very pleased with. Uh, we just need to start getting the set underway, which will be good. Um, Aside from that, just getting lines down, but that'll happen. It's already happening. I mean, Stan and Rowan, you guys really are the only ones that have any chunks of text to memorize. Everyone else has just got... There is so much. It's really the Dame Dusty and Bastion show. You've got... The weirdest thing is, too, you've got the two most ADHD people in the the troupe with the most lines. Um, I beg to differ. I would say that's me and Rowan. You've got it quite handled. (laughs) Well, you like to say that you have it handled, but we you can't compete. <laughs> True enough. Um, but another another thing about having kids in the play as well is, and especially yeah. so many of them, is that because it is a pantomime, we can actually play off the kids. And, like, we can... We have bits in which we're just like, uh, come on, guys, join in, or, like, something like that. They have been a tremendous help doing those annoying little audience interaction mm-hmm. bits because they're quite hard to practice when you yep. don't have an audience. But those kids have been great. So just little things like, hello, boys and girls, and then all the kids will just instinctively hello. chant yep. back, hello. And it just, it just really helps mm. the, helps the uh, rehearsals go smoothly. It also <clears throat> helps us rehearse like scrops, like what happens if we say these lines and no one says anything. Yes, because it's really hard to uh, rehearse something that you would ad-lib. Yeah. Because the nature of ad-libbing is unrehearsed. Yeah. 
Um, so that, that's been very good as well. Um, but just seeing them in the background doing so and that they, they are really helping. I mean, you guys wouldn't see because you guys are on stage, whereas I, sadly, am not. But sitting back into the audience and seeing the whole picture, they are really helping make the scenes pop um, already. And it's only week one, which is really, really good. Uh, what's also helping is that the script is now funny as... Yes. Oh yes, it is great. It's not as cheesy as what it. No, the original was. version was. Super was I was actually quite worried way. about it. I'm yeah, I was very concerned because yeah. uh, Stan was originally um, directing before he he decided. Oh, someone's going to go and do the play that I wrote, so I'm not going to go be in yours, and I'm going <laughs> to go travel for several hours and go watch someone else do my play, but worse than you did it, Mitch. <laughs> that's that's the conversation, and that that was actually a recording that I played of Stan. Saying that, uh, but fortunately, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that they they decided that they weren't going to go um, and do do Stan's play. So fortunately for us, though, that means that Stan's now in it. Um, but by that point, Angel was already directing. But when Stan and I were having the original discussions uh, about directing, and we we were going through this script, and it was like a dead silent meeting as we mm. would highlight or underline things. There'd be the the tiniest little just as we would like laugh at one thing every 15 minutes. Whereas now there's, there's laughter constantly. So it's great. Um, so I'm, I'm re- really optimistic yeah. about it now. I'm really optimistic. It's going to be great. What do you um, mean the script is better now? It's not as cheesy. I hate the current script. What do you mean the worst, the other one was... Oh, no, it, the other it, it one was funny. way it was, worse. It was it not was, good. It was lame. Oh, it yeah. was just not funny? It just no. wasn't funny. Oh, I see. I thought it you said you, I thought you meant that you had more of the cheesy jokes working. No, I, the, the, no. Well, the, the original script only had those like cheesy puns and the rest of it was just dialogue to move plot. So a lot of the actual jokes had to be manually put in, and that's what took so long to get the script done. Yeah, yeah. There was about what three, four weeks of every time I saw you not doing anything, you were doing the script. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just three or four weeks of rewriting, re- redoing the whole script. Yeah. Yeah. The the other really annoying thing is the copy of the script was, um, it was sort of printed out like a pamphlet, so it was like A five. Yeah. On paper mm-hmm. size. And the writing was just this little itty bitty little bit of writing, and it was so hard to read. And I just know, went like so when when you're acting on stage and you, especially that crucial first half of the rehearsal process, when everyone's still getting lines down, and everyone's still reading off the script as they're moving around. If I give a stage direction and they look up, they're going to lose their spot, yeah. and then we're going to have to sit there, and we were going to lose so much time in going. Hang on, let me find where yeah. I am in this on this page again. Whereas now, because it's been rewritten, the, the words are nice and spaced out, and it's, it's little quality well, of life differences, which I think will me, save us a lot of time in the long run. Yeah, I can tell you actually, if you, it actually should be rewritten again. I've just had word back from the agents in England. I hate you so much. I've sent my play to the agents in England. <laughs> yeah, and I need to rewrite Jungle King. Why? There's a specific way it has to be written. So you've got the character's name in the middle of the page. Then you have a double space. Oh yeah, yeah. Then, no, then I, the, I then the stage way. directions, yeah. and then the and that's apparently. I, I, the, I have uh, seen that. Before, then the dialogue, and apparently that's the professional way that it's. Yeah, it's, I have seen some done. scripts that I've I've downloaded because yeah. uh, um, when I when I had to try and write a script to Aladdin last year, mm-hmm. one of the scripts that I downloaded, Would not to like copy it, yeah. but I needed to. Fi- it was my first time writing a script, so I had to figure out what the hell I was doing. You know, yeah. like how am I meant to lay it out, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of them had 
the character names in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ended up not doing that because <clears throat> to me, it just doesn't look very aesthetic. It looks unorganized because yeah. then the lines are very uneven. I like things in rows <laughs> and things, which really annoyed me when I tried to print the songbook. Because yes. I had everything perfect, but then when I plugged it into the computer by the bar, a whole different thing. because it's yeah. using a different operating system, yeah, it changed it. everything. So now there's these random blank pages in it. There's like two lines of a song on the following page. <laughs> and I know. It, it, I it upset me a great that, all, all the page numbers don't line up, yeah. and I don't yeah. even think there are page numbers in the songbook now. No, I don't think there are. It in. upset me so much after so much time went into it. <laughs> Yes, I did wonder about your OCD on that one. Yeah, no, it's not coping. Yeah, I didn't think so. I considered a reprint, but I thought of Stage Left's money. Considering <laughs> the amount of time this man has put into just organising this script, I, I would be a little it. bit mad. I know. But it's, it's coming along very, very nicely, um, and I'm really, really excited about it. Um, on the next episode, we'll have some more cast members, so yes, we'll, we'll get we them will. in on, on a Saturday, maybe like an hour beforehand, like we were doing with Third Rock, get a few people in. Yeah. Um, but it's it's coming along really well. And we got such a big cast, so we'll, we'll have some little itty-bitty tiny humans on here as well. Yeah, we might get some of the kids on here to talk. I can't wait for all, how many, 40 of them to want to all speak into the mic at the same time. We'll have to desanitize them after each one. <laughs> We've already got one trying to speak into a, another person's mic. We're sharing. Sharing is caring. Apparently so. <laughs> Alrighty, well that brings us to the end of our sort of, I guess it's kind of like a bit of a welcome back and we'll, we'll start launching to some more fortnightly episodes and we need to figure out what we're going to do next. We, we did one thing, we did our reading of Arrested Development, which I love. I've listened mm, to it a couple of good. times, it's hilarious. Thank you, um, and it was really good that uh, Josh Harder um, came in and helped us out with that. He read in for um, Michael, um, very last minute. He, he was just having a bad day, so he just came in and joined us. And then he got thrust with the... Um, that was a poor choice of words. <laughs> he, it, he, was, it was thrust upon him. It was thrust upon him. That's what I was going for. But I just said the word thrust too confidently. Um, and he ended up almost being, forced into, almost being forced into uh, a lead role, which he'd never done anything like that before. He did, well. he did, oh, he did excellent. He yeah. did very, very well. Well, it, it, interestingly enough, um, a part of... What caused me so much stress for is there was a certain day I wanted to get it out. Blah, 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 blah. I wanted to get it out by so that we could try the Sherathon, which I thought was okay for a first shot, but we'll, you know, it'll get better as we try these things more. But because of the way we'd set up the little mixing board when we'd shifted everything over, the microphone that I had Josh and Cass working on actually wasn't working the whole time. And it was, as we found recently, it was the microphone next to them picking it up. So I actually oh, okay. made them both re-record their lines the following morning. Mm. And then I did a mad dash edit all night and managed to get it out at some obscene time in the morning so that we could get the share on live. We, mani- we did a really good job, though. We only had- It was excellent. So it, it, was wasn't, it wasn't like weeks worth of planning. We did one read-through at the start and then just read through it again. Yeah, and we didn't even do a full read-through. No, it was no. only half. So it was just a, yeah... Um, I liked that we watched the episode before we did it. That was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I want to do some more things like that. because and what was good was there wasn't a lot of preparation because between everyone, you know, having jobs and then coming to the theatre late at night to try and, you know, do a whole play and then doing a podcast on top of it to put out content, you know, like it, it was, that was, that was a monster effort. Um, so it was really good just being able to download a script, print it off, throw it at someone, do your thing. 
<laughs> well, we even like we even had our own good. little funnies. Like there was probably a bunch of moments in which you had an absolute nightmare with, because one of us just either said a line wrong, or we turn a page and it's a blank page except for person exits, and we just look at it and go, ha ha, damn it! <laughs> and then he has to cut that out. We had about it, like it, what, it was it was a monster <laughs> to edit. I, I I was up till about three in the morning editing it because I needed it out that day, because I was going to Perth where I wasn't going to have my computer to edit it. So it had to be done that morning. I'm pretty sure um, when I was reading, I know I, I reset a couple lines. Um, but we, we had that, like, cut. We had yeah. that, like, bit so cut we could figure out like, where to do it. Reset. We had that down to a T. It was really good. Maybe. So I want, I want to do some more of it. So we'll start kicking tomorrow that. But in the meantime, thanks for coming in so late at night, guys. Um, I'm really excited to get going. Mermaid's going well. Third Rock was a hit. I didn't hear a single bad thing about it, aside from the fact that I wasn't on stage enough. <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. Heard that. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. See ya. Bye. Had to get the last Done. word in. <laughs> Got to get the last word in. <laughs>